Welcome to the Love Life Podcast, episode number three, Managing Depression and Anxiety. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, and motivational speaker, and I'm here to help you be well-loved, happy, and healthy. As a disclaimer, I, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice or legal advice in any way. And the music for this podcast is by Howie Moskovich. Thank you for joining me. Hi everyone. Nobody really likes talking about depression and anxiety, but it's an important subject and I want to really try to make a difference with you, my listeners, so that depression and anxiety doesn't have to grip you. Long before we had a pandemic, we had extraordinary numbers of people who were dealing with different levels of depression and anxiety and it's just been exacerbated greatly by the pandemic. And I'm here to tell you there's a number of things you can do that will help you. So what I'm going to be covering today, number one is my personal experience with depression and anxiety. Oh, I know you can't wait to hear about that. We're going to talk a little bit, touch on the shame and embarrassment or stigma of depression and anxiety. I'm going to give you some ideas of some symptoms. I'm really going to kind of flat out lay out some of the causes or the the predominant causes of depression and anxiety. We're going to touch on medical causes or underlying conditions and then I'm going to walk you through very important steps that are going to allow you to live your life not you know curled up in a ball or just you know worried to death with anxiety but to be really functional in life so it's going to be actions for you to take so that you don't have to feel depressed or filled with anxiety so I'm going to start by talking about uh, what I know about depression oh my heavens well if you have multiple traumas throughout your life and you're a survivor and you're still happy then you know a little bit about depression so Uh, Just over a year ago or so, I got to start my life over with basically nothing unrelated to the pandemic. And yes, I'm legally allowed to use that phrase, starting over with nothing, basically nothing, um, through no fault of my own. And as I already mentioned, unrelated to the pandemic. And I'm still happy. Yes, I had to deal with my emotions quite a few of them, a lot of them, and I do the processing for those emotions. But if I can start my life over and be really happy and filled with gratitude and really, I'm so grateful, then it's possible. But these, but it's possible because I have the skills, attitudes, habits, and practices and beliefs. So if you want to go back further in my history for some more depressive uh, situations where I was depressed. Probably just over 25 years ago, I lost my first child in utero, 
which was very sad and depressing, as you can imagine, and then had to decide whether to uh, cremate or bury her, and just really, uh, you know, a crushing blow. And then on top of it, they told me I would never have children. So it was a very, very uh, depressing situation, and of course I was very depressed. But I learned over, actually long before that, um, that you can be functional and you can be happy even if you have circumstances that are depressing or situations or what have you. So I know a lot about depression. I know a lot about hardship, uh, but I also know how to be well-loved. I've been very well-loved in my life. Thank you, God. Thank you to everybody who's loved me. That's actually the title of the first podcast, which I hope you do listen to, because I want it to be your number one goal in life. If you don't have love, what do you have? You have your possessions, you have, I don't know. So I know quite a bit down in the trenches about depression and anxiety from very, very difficult times in my life including the present time. I mean, it's it's not easy to look at my finances and realize I was significantly wealthier at 30 than I am now. I mean, that's just not easy. There's just nothing easy about that. But that I can still be happy, joyful, living my life, that speaks to what I'm going to talk to you about today. All right, I'm going to make a shameless plug here about my Year of Freedom giveaway, which is on my website where you can win free stuff through July 2021 so that you can go to www.lisaalundy.com. It's free and good stuff. And my new book is coming out. Actually, the ebook is out. The paperback will be out very soon. And I'm going to be throwing copies of that into the giveaway. So if you want to get a copy of my book, although it's not on, on the website yet, it will be I'm going to throw that in as soon as I've gotten uh, my copies of it. So next up, I want to give my typical disclaimer that's in my blog post. And by the way, um, I blog about all these topics, but I'm not reading my blog post because that's very unnatural to me to sit here and record myself reading. It's just not the way I operate. I'm really about being authentic and real, and it just doesn't feel authentic or, or real to read to you my blog post that I've already posted. But in all of my blog posts, I have a suicide disclaimer that I'm going to include in all of my podcasts. If um, I'm not a medical health professional or physician or doctor or anything in the field of medicine, if you are suicidal, I am asking you to please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Their number is 1-800-273-8255. If you're feeling suicidal, you need to ask for help. You need to talk to someone. You need to tell people how you're feeling and get support. While all of my blog posts and videos on my YouTube channel will help you, really it's time to be in action and and let people know and get the support that you need. So that's my disclaimer. According to a Time Magazine article from 2018, almost 40% of Americans were more anxious than in the previous year, and about 18% of the population suffers from an anxiety disorder, which equates to about 40 million people. Now we're going to pile on with a pandemic that's been going on for an extended period of time, and the lockdowns and people being fearful. 
we have just exploded with the numbers of depression, anxiety, and, and the suicide rate is going up and is deeply concerning. So we're going to talk about the shame and embarrassment regarding mental health, depression, or anxiety. So it seems like we have some social stigmas, some society stigmas around mental health or going to therapy or claiming or admitting that you have depression, anxiety, or you're suicidal. So from my opinion, and I'm of course giving you my opinion here, there's just absolutely no reason in the world to be ashamed or embarrassed. If you're depressed, if you're anxious, if you're fearful, if you're suicidal, if whatever state that you're in is the state that you're in. It's just where you are. And having shame or embarrassment, while it may be very common, in my opinion, it's just not necessary. It's an act of bravery and courage to say to people, I'm depressed or I'm down or I'm, I'm experiencing anxiety. I mean, when I lost my daughter, I let people know I'm really sad. I'm just really struggling. It's really hard. And people will appreciate that. People can understand that. So I'm telling you that I, I'm saying that much of what we do in our society, in the world, is just pretense or it's pretend or fakeness, which I abhor and can't stand. We are human beings and because we're human beings, we make mistakes and sometimes we're wrong and we don't have to be perfect. Like stop trying to be perfect because perfectionism is exhausting and it's just not going to get you a great, happy, wonderful life. So my request is if um, you're dealing with depression or anxiety, that you ditch any shame or embarrassment about it and come along this journey with me where I'm going to lay out for you actions to take to feel better and put this to bed. So just quickly, some symptoms of anxiety or depression, because you might be a listener and you're not anxious or depressed, but you're surrounded by people. So some of the symptoms include feeling sad, down, irritable, hopeless, angry, a loss of interest in activities or pleasure things you used to enjoy or you once enjoyed, changes in appetite unrelated to dieting, that could be a weight loss or weight gain, unintentional, trouble sleeping or sleeping too much, loss of energy or fatigue, feeling worthless or guilty, difficulty thinking, difficulty making decisions or concentrating, or completing tasks, body aches, fatigue, headaches, other pains, digestive problems, and thoughts of suicide. Now, I want to just pause and take a little dive into the what I've listed as the causes of depression or anxiety, which you may or may not find on the web because I'm taking a deep dive here. Well, clearly, pandemics. Pandemics can cause a great amount of depression and anxiety. Next up is medical conditions, and there, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in, in a minute. There's a number of medical conditions, including medications or underlying causes that can contribute or cause depression. Next, I have what I call situational depression. That's depression caused by a set of circumstances or an event or something. So, for example, 
starting my life over with basically nothing was a situation that caused a great amount of sadness and depression, as you can imagine. Although I'm happy, and when I go through the steps of what it takes to manage depression and anxiety, and I do do these things, people. I've been doing them my whole life, and they work. Um, I think you'll get a better sense why, you know, I could start my life over and not be like crying every day or non-functional. So there's situational depression um, that can cause anxiety. Then there's something that's like early losses or early traumas in life that you haven't healed from or haven't been addressed that can cause depression, stress, lack of coping, <clears throat> lack of coping mechanisms to deal with life. That's actually a big one. Lack of emotional abilities. My second podcast was Emotions is a Superpower. Yes, emotions are a superpower if you know how to harness them. So you might want to listen to podcast number two. So if you don't have emotional abilities, which, spoiler alert, most people don't, the majority of people don't, then, you know, not being able to fully process and manage your emotions can leave you feeling depressed or filled with anxiety. Um, <clears throat> being a pessimist or a negative thinker leaves people with a tendency towards depression and anxiety. Think about it. If you're always on the downside of life, that's just not something that makes people feel good. Another thing we don't frequently talk about is disempowering attitudes or beliefs. If you have a disempowering attitude or belief about yourself or about life or about people or about something, that can leave you very depressed. So, for example, if you have the disempowering attitude or belief, I can't win, well, first of all, you probably won't win, but second of all, that feels terrible and it's predictable that you won't win. Mental illness is another cause for depression or anxiety. And something else that you probably might not find totally everywhere on the web is anger as a cause of depression or anxiety. So many times things happen in life where people should be angry and they're not angry because they haven't really mentally, emotionally processed the situation, event, or whatever happened. And so the anger doesn't just... It's like, not that it's not there, it's there, it's just stealth, it's just hidden. So there are many instances where depression is actually sourced by or caused by undistinguished, which could be re re repressed anger, but anger. So that's just something worth noting. Having a health problem. If you have a health problem, that can be very depressive or depressing, and it can cause anxiety. Dysfunctional families is another big thing that can cause depression or anxiety because the dysfunctional families cause wounds and they don't give people proper role models for how to be happy and healthy. Genetics is another cause. Not having enough friends or support in life, basically feeling alone. Well, of course, that would be depressing. Addictions or substance abuse are related to depression and anxiety. Comparing yourself or your life to that of others frequently leads to depression and being shallow. So when I say being shallow, I have a YouTube video video called 
inner versus outer beauty. And, you know, we grow up in dysfunctional families in a dysfunctional society where people are trying to keep up with the Joneses and looking good and not really being authentic and real. That leaves people hollow inside. So that's another cause for depression. You know, there's just not enough inside. So those are some of the causes. You can see it's a very broad array of things that can cause someone to be depressed or have anxiety. I want to talk about, though, in health and wellness, all of medicine operates on the principle of ruling things out. So if you go to a doctor, they're going to rule out this or rule out that. And that's just kind of medicine. We triage the different things and rule them out as many as we can till we end up with what you actually have. So I'm asking you to rule out medical causes or underlying conditions contributing to or causing your depression or anxiety or that of someone you love. So for example, celiac disease or gluten intolerance can cause depression. It's extremely well known. Of course, there's also 300 signs and symptoms associated with celiac disease. So there's a whole myriad, I mean, over 300. But it is depression and anxiety are associated with that. So you would want to rule out celiac disease or gluten intolerance as a possible cause. Certainly lacking certain vitamins and minerals can cause not only depression, but they can cause people not to be able to sleep or sleep well. All kinds of health problems can be caused by that, but depression and anxiety being one of them, which in the steps, when I give you the steps in a, in a few minutes, I'll wait till you hear what I have to say about one of the nutrients and the studies, the research on depression. So it's just fascinating to me. If your hormones are out of balance, that can also be a source for depression or anxiety. For some people, food additives or food dyes can make them depressed or anxious and cause reactions in the body. So while you're on this journey, hopefully you're on the journey to be well loved. That's hopefully number one. I just love that. And it makes me just heartbreaking, just like so tragic that so many people don't feel well loved. It's like the thing we all want to be doing now is making sure that everybody feels well loved because if everybody felt well loved, would anybody commit suicide? I don't think so. Well, I don't know, but I, I'm asserting probably not. So at any rate, please take a moment and rule out any medical causes, which does include medications, by the way. So certain medications can cause, as a side effect, cause depression or anxiety. So you're going to rule all that stuff out because if you don't rule it out, you're just kind of going against yourself. Like you're fighting against yourself. You've got to get things diagnosed. So now we move into one of my favorite parts, which is about you getting in action and you understanding what does it take to have like a life where you're not, where depression and anxiety is not running the show or ruling the day or predominant. Well, if you take the steps I'm going to go through and I will, I will number them. Uh, and I'll actually eventually throw this up on my blog post. So there's some kind of written um, format to it. Although I understand that the podcasting platforms are now doing transcriptions of the podcast, which is like phenomenal. But at any rate, if you, here's my promise to you. If you take on these steps, like 
if you do what I'm going to list off here, which is one through one through 17, you are going to A, you're going to be building your coping mechanisms for life, which is one of the areas that many people are sadly lacking in, which contributes to their depression or anxiety. So number one, you're going to be building your coping mechanisms for life, but you're going to be building skills, habits, practices, attitudes, and beliefs that are going to let you be and have you be well-loved, happy, and healthy. Now, isn't that what you want? I don't know anybody who doesn't want to be healthy. I mean, people, everybody wants to be healthy. It's just not everybody's willing to do what it takes to be healthy. Um, I don't know anybody who doesn't want to be well-loved. Like, I don't know anybody who doesn't want that. I know there's lots of people who don't feel well-loved. So these are the things that will not only help you put depression and anxiety in their place, but they're going to help you have like a rich, amazing life. All right, number one, I already said it, but rule out medical causes. Number two. I want you to start thinking about this situation. Do you know why you're depressed? Is this a pattern? Is this, is this a lifelong, persistent way of being for you where you're just down or depressed or anxious? I mean, like, what is it? Is this new for you? Can you articulate the reasons why you are depressed or anxious? And if so, Write them down. If it's because of the pandemic, you can write that down. Because the more you can get clear with what's going on with yourself, the better and easier you're going to be able to deal with whatever's going on with you. All right, number three. I'm asking you to make a commitment to just deal with this. Unless you want a life that's filled with anxiety and depression ongoingly, why not just learn how to deal with this and be done with it? Because then if something else that's hard or depressing happens, you will have the skills and the resilience to deal with it and it won't take you out of the game of life. So make a commitment to deal with it. Next up, <clears throat> get a reward system to support change. People do not like change. I know, I don't like change either. But it's just kind of like the nature of being human. We don't like change. So I have a blog post and a video, YouTube video about having a reward system. And I highly recommend it. Not just because it works with people I've coached or it works with me. It works with just anybody if you set up the rewards that you really want. And you do have to have a little self-discipline that you're not going to take the reward without doing the work. So we want you to be fully supported. And one of the ways to be fully supported so you stay in the game and stay on track is to have a reward system. Next up, get a buddy or a team. Listen, life is just way more fun with friends, with partners in crime, with people to do stuff. I mean, we're just human and we're not meant to be alone. Now, I'm single. I'm alone. Like, there's just like, the majority, a lot of people are alone, but you don't have to do life alone even if you're single. So get some people and take them on the ride with you. They're going to benefit and you're going to benefit. Number six, negative thinking or pessimism has to go. That is 
very, very bad and harmful for your health. It's not good for your mental health. It's not good for your physical health. And if you're struggling with depression or anxiety, it's kind of, you know, understandable. Well, because you're always thinking that things are going to go wrong. Or you're always thinking the worst of things. There's lots of support on the internet for changing that around, but I would put that on your list. Number seven, disempowering attitudes or beliefs have to go. If you have a disempowering attitude or belief, and by the way, I have a video about disempowering attitudes or beliefs on my YouTube channel, and I have one that outlines the opposite, or empowering attitudes or beliefs. If you have a disempowering attitude or belief, like the one I mentioned earlier, like I can't win, or if you had this one, nobody cares about me, what's going to show up in your life is not good stuff. It's this not helpful. And... They just have to go. All right, next up. Oh my gosh, this is so fascinating. You want to put nutrition or more nutrition in your diet. Many people I talk to say, oh, my diet is fine, or I'm sure my nutrition is fine. Well, in 2010, there was a landmark nutrition study done that resulted in the one of the takeaways was 98% of Americans don't get the proper nutrition in their diet. If you go on the U.S. government, USDA website, you can find that our government knows that 30% of Americans are deficient in this and 40% are deficient in this. Like the percentages are all over the board for all kinds of nutrients. And you can't tell if someone has the right nutrition in their diet by looking at them, which is what people actually think. So I've had a long experience with dealing with someone who had malnutrition and, and you just, you can't tell by looking at someone what their nutritional status is. That's done by blood work. So check this out. So when I say look at the nutrition in your diet, what I'm basically saying is eat more fruits and vegetables and reduce your sugar, try to eat a little bit better, maybe like tamp down or reduce your junk food. All right, so this is something that I did uh, take lift from my own blog because it's just so compelling. And I am going to read it to you because I want to make sure you really get this. I just, I've, I've known about this for a while and I still, still take, it just still grabs me. And we're going to talk about magnesium. Magne so I'm going to read this. Magnesium deficiency is, a well, known, is well known to produce neurop neuropathies. So that's, that's bad. That's like so bad. <laughs> I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because here's a vitamin deficiency that causes neuro neurological damage. So, uh, but here's the point. Up to 50% of Americans are deficient in magnesium and it gets even better. Um, and all this information was on my uh, blog post. So here's, Here's a little quote. I'm going to read it slowly because I really want this to sink in. This is from an article titled, Rapid Recovery from Major Depression Using Magnesium Treatment. So here's the quote. This was a, it was a PubMed article. Here's the quote. Case histories are presented showing rapid recovery. That's just defined as less than seven days, 
rapid recovery from major depression using 125 to 300 milligrams of magnesium as glycinate or tarnate with each meal and at bedtime. Magnesium was found usually effective for treatment of depression in general use. Related and accompanying metal, mental illnesses in these case histories, including traumatic brain injury, headache, suicidal ideation, anxiety, ir irritability, insomnia, postpartum depression, cocaine, alcohol, tobacco abuse, hypersensitivity to calcium, short-term memory loss, and IQ were also benefited. So let me just read that first sentence again. Case histories are presented showing rapid recovery from major depression using 125 to 300 milligrams of magnesium with each meal and at bedtime, plus all the other things that the magnesium benefited. So one other quote from the same paper is the possibility that magnesium deficiency is the cause of most major depression and related mental health problems, including IQ loss and addiction is enormously important to public health and is recommended for immediate further study. So that's from a 2000 uh, medical hypothesis, uh, 2006, uh, March 2006. So that last sentence, the possibility that magnesium deficiency is the cause of most major depression and related mental health problems, including IQ loss and addiction, is enormously important to public health and is recommended for immediate further study. Well, I hate to break it to you people, but there's not a ton of people doing studies and research on the benefits of vitamins and minerals because some people can't make money from that. So, um, that's that. And there's, there's just more information about, you know, nutritional, um, treatment for, Depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, eating disorders, anxiety, there's just there's a wealth of information. So, you know, see your doctor, make sure you can boost your diet. I, I'm a big, huge fan of, of nutrition, having learned through the School of Hard Knocks. It's, it's a very tragic impact if you're lacking nutrition. All right, that's enough about nutrition. <laughs> I'm probably going to do a whole podcast about nutrition and whatever. Okay, nine. Boost your self-care. Oh, my gosh. I have a blog post and a video about self-care. Oh, self-care is like the best thing ever. It's fun. It's cool. It's just like I can't even talk about it. It's so great. However, here's the thing. Most people aren't taking care of themselves. I'm going to do a whole podcast about self-care and self-compassion, so I'm not going to take the time here, but it's extremely valuable. And that's something you want to do every day for the rest of your life and have fun doing it. Why not? That does include exercise. Exercise falls under self-care. Your body actually needs to be moved. All right, get to work on self-compassion. We're not very compassionate with ourselves. I'll cover that. I've covered that in a blog post and a video. I'll cover that in my next podcast. But really, you need to take the bat out of your hands and start being nicer to yourself especially if you're struggling with depression and anxiety. Next, number 11, uh, my request is that you start to build muscles in gratitude. Gratitude is actually a muscle or it's a practice or a habit 
but if you practice it over and over and over and over and over again, it becomes a way of being. And then you just kind of be in life grateful, grateful for so many things. It's, it's amazing. There's a tons and tons of benefits to gratitude and that would be, that would be a whole nother podcast. So start to build your muscles on gratitude. And if you are not somebody who spent your life being like grateful, generally speaking, then get it. When you get up in the morning, write down two or three or four things, whatever you can about what you're grateful for and really feel it and be grateful just to get you started. There's lots of things you can find on the internet beyond my, my, uh, what I've written and, and done about gratitude, but it's very important. Number 12, set goals long and short term. Now, if you missed my first podcast, Be Well Loved, I'm really hoping that everybody, everybody puts their number one goal to be well loved. I hope so. So there's your number one goal. There you go. Um, but some other goals I just gave you. Some working on your self-care, working on your self-compassion, throwing a few more fruits and vegetables into your diet, or at least exploring how could your diet be improved. So the goals are already inherent in the steps to take to remove and reduce and manage depression and anxiety, and I hope you'll take those on. And I hope you're going to have a reward system so every little step, every little victory, you reward yourself. I am a fan of celebrating everything, every little victory, every little milestone, everything. Why? Because life is hard. I mean, let's face it. If you haven't had a hard life until the pandemic, well, A, you're blessed and very lucky, but I can't believe it. But, you know, why not celebrate every little thing? I don't know. I'm just what I believe. All right. Next up, number 13, your emotions are a superpower. Now, most people aren't using their emotions as a superpower because they just haven't learned it. And they don't even really know that properly use that emotions are like this amazing superpower. They're just like amazing. So you could look at my second podcast, I mean, you know, emotions as a superpower. But even if you don't, you know, this is something you want to grow, go to work on because you want to be well loved, hopefully, and that involves emotions. All right. Learn what makes you happy. Number 14. When I coach people, most of them don't know. They don't have this list. They can't just generate what makes me happy. And even in everyday conversations with strangers, people, we don't walk around with this knowledge base of what makes me happy. What do I, you know, we're not that great at happiness. I'm really good at happiness, though. I'm good at sadness and all that stuff. Uh, but I'm really good at happiness. It's like my thing. I love it. But, you know, you want to start to make a list of what makes you happy, and then you're going to sprinkle your life with that. All right, so that's you're going to start learning that. You're going to start making a list of what makes me happy. And if you don't know, go start exploring. You're like, it's never too late. And I have a tons of videos and blog posts that will help you. All right, next up is to have really great friends. Most of the people I talk to in life, strangers or whoever, will admit if they feel connected enough with me or related to me, that they don't have enough really good friends. And, you know, making friends is hard. It's just not, 
something that's easy. It's a skill set and it, and it takes effort and you have to be vulnerable. And sometimes people aren't going to invite you into their group or, you know, there's just all kinds of reasons why making friends is hard and maintaining friends. But it's worth it because you want to be well loved. You want to have fun. You want to have this great life and friends can help you in all kinds of ways. So I do have a blog post about making friends and I also have a whole little section on my YouTube channel with um, videos about making friends because it is hard. Like I'm, I'm laughing about it, but it's really hard. And I even one of the videos some people should watch is making friends big no-nos because some people do the big no-nos and then they wonder why they don't have that many friends. So you have to be able to be introspective and look at yourself to, to understand. So you're, you're missing out on so much if you don't have a lot of friends. There's never been a better time, even though we have social distancing, even though we have, you know, all of the constraints, you can still make friends. I'm telling you, you know, phone calls, Zoom, you can use social media. I have a whole video about using social media to your advantage, which many people don't. They use social media to make themselves feel worse because they're comparing their life to other people's. So have really great friends. If you don't have enough or you need more, make more. Just make more friends. Next up is to understand, this is so important, the self-fulfilling prophecy. So the self-fulfilling prophecy, which I have a whole video on, it's a short video, but you need to understand, we know this from psychology for more than four four decades. I don't know when it, what year it was discovered or accepted, but it's been more than 40 years. The self-fulfilling prophecy holds that, you know, when you have an idea or belief that you will take actions in support of that attitude or belief, which then ultimately makes the belief come true. So let's say you had an attitude or belief that, you know, you were going to make a lot of friends, then, then the self-fulfilling prophecy holds that you would start taking actions that are consistent with the idea of you making a whole bunch of new friends. And then you would make a whole bunch of new friends and you can see how the self-fulfilling prophecy works. It's like the prophecy is you, you, you've decided what the prophecy is and then it fulfills itself. Well, why this is important is because there's an opposite corollary, which is the self-defeating prophecy. And that holds just the opposite. So you want your life to be lining up with the self-fulfilling prophecy with positive statements, positive attitudes, so that your life turns out on the positive, not on the self-defeating prophecy or the negative. So if you've never heard of that concept, it's really important. Like I think everybody, I think they should, everybody should be taught it in elementary school. All right, next up, get a life plan or a purpose. Now, I know I'm talking about change, but you're gonna like implement some new things and what makes people happy? What makes people inspired? What makes people like, oh, I can't wait, I can't wait, is when they're up to something. It doesn't have to be a life plan. You don't have to have a purpose, but you need to be up to something that you're excited about. Why? Because it feels great. 
don't, people don't need coaching for happiness. I mean, they need coaching on how to get happy and how to learn how to be happy and all that stuff. But when you're in a moment when something great has happened and you're happy, you don't need any help with that. People don't need help with the good, positive emotions. So if you want to really put and manage depression and anxiety so that it's not running the show, be up to something. Plus, it's exciting. Plus, it's fun. Like, you know, people are going to want to be around you. You know, it could be something small, like you're getting together with friends because hopefully you're going to make new friends if you don't have enough. Or it could be some project. It could be a hobby you're starting. It could be volunteering at a shelter for animals or people. Or, you know, there's just a there's just like so many things that you could be doing. You could be doing, even with the pandemic and the constraints. Okay. I'm, I'm very well aware of what's going on in the world. I'm, you know, like totally aware. But I'm one of those people that doesn't let my circumstances stop me. So if you want to be inspired, find a way to be inspired because that's really going to serve you, make you happy, and help you. So that's 17 different steps to help you manage depression and anxiety. And these are things that, that you want to do all the time. Even when you're happy, like you want to do self-care when you're happy, not just because you're depressed or sad or, you know, feeling lonely. You want to always have good friends. These are things you want to do all the time, not just to manage depression and anxiety, at least in my opinion. So here's my call to action for you. I'm requesting that you take on your life, that you take on like, yeah, it's time for me to be happy. Yeah, it's time for me to be well-loved. Yeah, it's time for me to, to like feel joy and be excited about life. Why not? Do you want to wait for next year? I don't, I don't know. Why would you wait? Well, you can wait. There are people, by the way, who just want to be the victim of life and that's, they can do that. So I am asking you to get in action, get in action, get in action and have fun. Like don't, don't have your actions be bored, people. And I'm asking you to take some people with you on the ride. Be a little leader and say, hey, I'm going to do this thing because I've just really been down and it's really been, I've really been struggling and I'm looking to see who wants to be my partner in crime. And maybe two people say no, no. But somebody's going to say yes. Just keep asking. And, and if you get more than one, well, then you can create a little team or a group. You can even name yourselves. I mean, like, come on, be creative. And, I'm, and lastly, I'm asking if this is valuable to you in any way, that you share it with someone. Share this podcast with people because people need help and they don't know where to turn. They don't know what to do. You know, dysfunctional families in America statistically speaking it's 70 to 96 percent so we have the walking wounded raising you know wounded adults raising children you know repeating the cycle and is it any wonder that people are sad and depressed and lonely and no it's no wonder but it doesn't have to be that way because you can learn habits skills practices attitudes and beliefs to give yourself an amazing life regardless of the circumstances. And I'm here to help you. I'm here to cheer you on because I want that for you because that would make me happy. And we all know I like to be happy. All right. Thanks so much. 
I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number three on managing depression and anxiety. I'm really hoping that you're thinking about how you can improve your life and start dealing with this subject in a powerful way. I'm very excited about some new podcasts I have coming out soon on self-care, self-compassion, dealing with overwhelm, all these really fun subjects. So I hope you're going to continue to join me for the Love Life Podcast so you can improve your life. You can connect with me on my website at www.lisaalundy.com where you can find my social media channels. Okay, love you. Bye.